as all 10 teams come together to ensure that F1 is a competitive sport until at least 2025, the Ferrari Vettel divorce is getting ugly, and Hamilton is in La Zona in Barcelona. Let's jump to start. everybody welcome in we're back yancy how are you doing hi <laughs> ruben how are you what's going on guys happy belated birthday of course uh, thank you thank you thank you how old are you 60 today uh 41 <laughs> <laughs> he was old enough to see uh fangio win that first <laughs> it won his first time <laughs> So we today we're going to discuss the race and a little bit of the news. So let's kind of just jump right into it because it's a lot to cover. The Spanish Grand Prix won by Lewis Hamilton, second place Max Verstappen, third Valtteri Bottas. What did you guys think of the race itself in general? Yancy, what did you think? Boring as all hell. Uh, can you elaborate? It's the usual... Race that Barcelona throws up. It's it's never any fun. You can't overtake. Um, you know, I thought it was gonna be a little bit better because we were gonna have some uh more tire degradation because of the heat. But obviously Mercedes came prepared and uh you know, as I predicted, the top three, Lewis Hamilton number one, Max two, and Botas again not uh living up to to the task in trying to fight Lewis Hamilton for the championship. Since you predicted it again, next time we're going to Vegas and you're gonna you're gonna put down the ticket for us. Let's all. Well, well, you guys are you guys are putting up the money, right? Okay. Because I am the Oracle. Yeah, of course. And then you give me a percentage. <laughs> What's that Matthew McConaughey movie? I, I forget. What is it? Two for the money? Something like that. Uh, <laughs> Ruben, what did you think of the race? I think the race was also boring, but at the same time impressive. Where you know these guys where these guys got to lap pretty much almost the whole field just by being the top three and being in the own world. I don't know how you guys think that's a good thing. but, but I, that, yeah, see, That's not easy to do. I know it's not easy to do, but I think that's more in the state of affairs of what F1 is. It's not, you know, anything that the drivers are doing anything differently. They're just driving as fast as they can. <laughs> uh, I actually, I thought it was an uh, entertaining race. I thought there was a lot of midfield action, but, you know, to each his own. It had its moments. It had its moments for sure. Uh, so at the top, right at the start of the race, Boras, uh, I don't know what it, what his deal is with his starts. Either he jumps them or it's just he doesn't get off on time. So he mistimed it. He had a slow reaction. Uh, he was He qualified second on the grid and Verstappen passes him right away. Stroll takes him out on the other, or not takes him out, but uh, flies past him on the inside. Right at the start, he's fourth with Perez chomping at, at uh, basically his butt. Ruben, what did you think <laughs> of, what did you think of Boras' start and why do we continue to see this? I don't know. I think this guy better get on the simulator, just sit down there and just practice that little aspect of everything. Just go back, rewind. Okay, just just start. Just do start. Just do start. Just do start stimulators, you know? Because 
he has a problem all the time and he cannot explain what's going on. He hasn't said anything solid behind uh, how the horror will start. What else can he say? Come on, dude, you're not kidding me. You, you can say something else. <laughs> he he is he is um, basically acting like a guy, a driver who's a very good driver but cannot live up to the level of a world championship driver. And it's what he usually does every season where he starts off well and then he falls off and then Lewis Hamilton just takes the mantle or takes the baton and just runs with it and wins another championship. Botas is a good number two driver, but he's not a world championship driver because he proves time and again that he just can't get the job done. He can only get the job done when Lewis Hamilton's off. And what is and that's what a number two driver does. So he's forever his wingman. Oh my God. So I, I want to be clear. I heard I want to make sure I heard you correctly, right? So he can only be good when a six-time world, I'm sorry, five-time world, no, six-time world champion who is one of the best drivers of all time is off. I want to make sure that that that's what we're comparing him to. And we're naming him number two. It's the only thing we can compare him to because we're they're in the same car. You know, it, it's 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 unfortunate. I understand that, and you know, he's a gr- he's a good driver, but he's not Lewis Hamilton, and that's who you're being compared to. Because literally, I mean, and and not even now, you're top three in the entire championship when you should be top two. Because now Max is outperforming you in a car that's technically slower than you. Not according to Toto Wolf. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, take Total Wolf's words with a grain of salt. You know, coming into this weekend, he was just laying it on thick. All oh, the Red Bulls fast. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna beat us. They're gonna be tough to beat. Blah blah yeah. blah. And I believe yeah. it. exactly. And I believe it. Yeah, yeah. Yo, <laughs> yeah you, I think you were the only one. He <laughs> is. Listen to this comp. I think he is the Bill Belichick of motorsports. He's just like, yo, we're we're just talking about business. It's where we are, and complimenting the the opponent. Ah man, I think, uh, you know, listen. I, uh, I have to agree with Wells on that. No, no, Toto has a bit more of a personality, <laughs> man. <That's true. laughs> because at least Toto Wolves gives you an animated answer. Bill Belichick <laughs> is like, yeah. <laughs> no. Or like I start off the podcast, hi. <laughs> yep. So Hamilton, he said that even... He was so in the zone that he said he didn't even realize it was the last lap. I um, We also read and heard comments from Total Wolf saying that that was one of the best drives he's seen from him from, I guess, from lights to flag. He's just, there's no stopping you know him, what, right? No, no not at no all, man. Uh, you know, it was, uh, when, I, when, I, when I heard that, I was, uh, it was either, he's either really in the zone a la... Um, I remember watching uh, Senna, uh, Senna, which is a documentary on Ayrton Senna, where they were talking about how he was um, so in the zone in Monaco. And every time he went into Monaco, he was so in the zone uh, that he he was he just wasn't paying attention. And he actually uh, coming out of Portier, he, he the car snapped and he crashed and he was leading that race. But I don't know how far like he was going to win that race. Um, but he was so in the zone. But when you look at his driving, he was just like. It was like the car was driving itself. So it's either that he was in that kind of zone or the heat was getting to him. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what it was because every all the drivers looked exhausted 
after that race. Um, but that, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to take his word for it that Hamilton's in the zone, man. The guy is lights out right now. Nobody, you know, what, you know what I get from when, when you actually just try to explain. Remember, um, uh, that movie about Facebook that the guys are like zoned into the computer. Oh, yeah, just leave him alone. He's coding. So, pretty much, that's what you're saying. Yes, he's like, yeah, he can't even exactly. <laughs> Exactly. They just locked in a dark room drinking yep. Red Bull and just. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just drinking Monster. Not Red Bull, Monster. <laughs> so here, I'm going to tell you what that reminded me of. So we saw that last race, Max Verstappen won. Uh, you know, things went down. It was a Red Bull team win, essentially. Um, we saw the documentary of Michael Jordan, how competitive he is and how when things are, the chips are down, that he, that's where he like just grinds it to you know to where he needs to be i felt like that was a michael jordan style like all right i'm taking this win and nothing's gonna stop me yeah yeah i mean nothing okay. stopped him even the tires and he even complained no we ain't doing that he went he did he i mean if you guys watched that that um that documentary the last dance you see how michael jordan worked tirely at his craft and he practiced and he got everybody on it he said after the race he said listen i studied the tires i wanted to make sure what they were going to do and in a race where the tire degradation should have been higher, he, and he, one, he knew what tires he was going to be on, even when the team told him to go on a set of softs. He said, no, I don't want to go on the softs. Put me on the mediums and, you know, uh, let's take home this win. Uh, and he did that himself, um, you know, and, and obviously there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, drivers uh <laughs> And we'll get to that later, um, you know, calling their own strategy. But Hamilton was one of them. And he studied his craft and he took home that win convincingly. And remember, he slowed down the engine because, you know, they complain about him being slow. He shut, you know, he, he put the engine down and down and he still lapped everybody. My man, like that's, he was out. Yeah, he was gone. Yeah, that was, was something that no Total pressure. Wolf said that if he really wanted to push it, that he would have been even further ahead. The uh, the driver that split the two the two Mercedes, Max Verstappen, you guys know I'm a huge fan. I think he is right now driving as well, not as well as Hamilton. Well, I, I don't know what I could say because they're on two different cars, but I think that he is on an unbelievable pace. And in any other era, he would be the world champion this year. What do you guys think of that? Or Ruben, what do you think of that? Without hand there, he'll be world champion. I would say that, yeah. Bottas can beat him. Bottas doesn't have that spark. Bottas has to find have to fight Ham first before he could be able to beat somebody else. Uh, Max Verstappen is the only person that can beat Lewis Hamilton right now. Um, it would be great to see them in equal machinery, but I think that Max is right up there with Lewis as far as being in the zone. And he's not more in the zone because he knows that it's an uphill battle just to get, just to catch Lewis Hamilton. It's insane how good he is. Listen, just to catch Mercedes, you're fighting. So now splitting them, you're just winning. Even though obviously everybody wants to take first place, you know? But splitting the Mercedes, that's a win compared to the machinery that Max has. And he's in a car that's really hard to drive, too. Exactly. So... So here's what I'll say. Max Verstappen, if you guys recall, around lap 15, started complaining about his tires and how Lewis Hamilton was pulling away. Not, not that he was pulling away, but that he could not keep up on his tires to the point where his engineer said to him, 
you know, just chill out, whatever. And he's just going crazy. So I want to point out that during the race, Lewis Hamilton, out of the 66 laps in the whole race, he lost as far as lap time to Max Verstappen only 11 times. So throughout the whole race, Max was just losing, starting from lap 11, lap 10. It started becoming half a second, um, half a second, four tenths, six tenths. It was just incredible until he finally just went ahead and pitted. I think that it was like an illusion to Max. Not that he was losing time on his tires, but that Hamilton was just out of control. You could see, I'm sharing the screen with the guys, but they could see Hamilton's lap times during that time period versus Verstappen. And there's like no competition. Well, Verstappen knew that um, Hamilton can go faster. He said it on the radio. The, 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 the Red Bull engineers actually told him, you know, Max, you're doing good. Keep up. You're, you're getting close. And he's like, nah, he's going slow, man. He's just nursing the tires. It's wow. like we said, like Lewis Hamilton knew what he was doing. He studied those tires. He studied his craft. And he knew what exactly, going into the race, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And Max, being, uh, you know, again, being the driver that is also in the zone, knew that he was nowhere near the pace that Lewis Hamilton had. And he even called it. He said, listen, no, he's driving slow right now. He can go fast. And, and it was confirmed by Total Wolf, uh, you know, at the end of the race. Yeah, but this weekend, when I'm, when I, earlier when I said about the impressions, it, this is one of the things that impressed me the most. Not just from Max, you know, catching that, but a lot of these drivers have a lot of knowledge that we in the public don't see as often when it comes to speed, times, and, you know, even guys that are not racing anymore, like Nico Rosberg, that he caught when, uh, when Ham, I think, went wide in a turn, and he knew exactly how much time Ham lost by doing that. So things like that just leave me, I guess you could say, flabbergasted. There you go, flabbergasted. <laughs> That's the perfect word. When the, you know the knowledge that these guys possess, that obviously the real world doesn't see on a daily basis or not share, and how much precise things they're up to. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously these guys live and breathe that stuff. Exactly. But it's so it's it's so cool to see. Like it was cool to see. Well, good to hear. Nico Rosberg and his analysis. I always thought he was a great ana uh, analysis. Um, Good to have him. Yeah, his yeah his insight is is pretty phenomenal, and you can see how deep he had to go just to beat Lewis Hamilton, you, uh, one of the few teammates that has actually beat Lewis Hamilton. You know, it's funny is even Joylin Palmer, who was essentially a joke in F one, has incredible mm -hmm. analysis too. So it's like. I, it's the level of skill and talent and knowledge required to become a Formula One driver is probably beyond our grasp, to to be one hundred percent honest. But but there's a difference between knowing and a difference between executing, and that's what makes you great. So we were talking earlier about how these three guys lapped the competition. I want to put out there that it's not their equipment; it's just that they are that much. I got to be very careful when I say this, that they are the three currently best drivers on the grid. Ooh, damn. So Hamilton and Verstappen, yeah, no problem. Easy, we could say yeah. that. Yes. Do we say that Boras is better than Ricardo? No. Nope. This year, he's not? No. Ooh. <laughs> Do you say he's better than Sergio Perez? 
Mm. He's they're right there. Mm. They're neck to neck. Yeah, I mean he's he's in a class where it's like you have class A and then you have class B. Um uh but this year uh, yeah, he's probably top of class B. But I don't I think there's better drivers out there than Bottas. As you know, obviously um he's doing a pretty good job considering if you look at let's say what Albon is doing compared to Max um and what you know Stroll's actually pr- doing pretty well compared to Sergio but I don't think Sergio has performed to his to the level that he's you know he's 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 capable of performing but yeah I mean Bottas is driving pretty well let's not take anything away from him and we also but he's not that. but he's not at the level of Max Verstappen or yeah, even, not even closer uh, or Lewis Hamilton it's just it's not even close, man. What were you going to say, Ruben? No, we have to remember also that Stroll beat Paris this week and it was because of that penalty. So. Very true. Without that penalty, Stroll would not have been ahead. Would not have been ahead. Well, I mean, we could look at qualifying. Um, Perez was a tenth ahead of, of Stroll in the same equipment. And that's coming home or coming to race from being home for two weeks. Yep. Remember that also Hulkenberg uh, qualified him from being on his couch eating tres leche cake too. <laughs> <laughs> so Ru- one thing, yeah, I'm sorry. one thing that one thing uh, that we gotta give Stroll credit for was uh, an amazing start. start. Yeah, he always, he I like I, we've mentioned this before. He is a really good. He's really good off the blocks. It's just the rest of it that you know. Yeah, if he's. Race, you know, continuation. If he goes of how he starts throughout the whole race, he'll probably be there, you know, in the top three. Who knows? Because he starts like a champion. But during the race, he just loses momentum, I guess. He looks like a young driver. He looks like a 21-year-old driver. Like a patron. So like in the game where you could set it to a five-lap race, he'd be killing it. Exactly. Probably, yeah. <laughs> All right, so speaking of killing it, Ruben, we were talking before we started recording, but the Hamilton records, he passed he passed the record this week. Yes. What do you got for me? Uh, this week was the 150th podium that he did, he did this week, surpassing so Schumacher already there, and he's uh, four wins away from matching, or three wins away from matching him. I mean, from matching Schumacher. Schumacher. Yep. So this guy is, granted, there's more races, more points, et cetera, but he is on pace to, on paper, be the best Formula One driver of all time. And this year, he's going to be looking Why on paper? Why you say paper? Because there's always going to be the argument of he's on the best team, like the car dominates the field. Like so they was Schumacher. Saying, <laughs> like, they were, like they were saying about Schumacher when he was breaking records and saying, you know, I that Senna was better, was faster, or even, or even that list that F1 uh, brought up oh today. I mean, it brought up was it two days ago? Who's the fastest driver? They put. Do you Senna. disagree? Yes. I don't know, I did, man. I have to look into it. I don't. It's, it's it, but it's tough, yeah. man. It's just tough because I, I think the machinery is different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think all the goat status or all the best of all time status stuff like that have to be judged on the time of that person. So we could. Easily say Ham is the best of the GOAT right now, where we are right now. Schumacher were 
in the way F1 was back when he was on top, he was the best. But you don't think that he can give Schumacher competition, both of them in their prime? But the different machinery. No, we don't know if Lewis I'll tell you what. You put him in, in the way those machines were back then, if he's going to perform the same. I mean, you know? Yeah, but I mean, but it's a, there's always a uh, there's always a bit of an overlap. For example, you compare Schumacher, and I mean, obviously, we didn't get to see much of that, but we did see some of it. Schumacher versus Senna. Um, unfortunately, Senna passed away uh, in 1994 tragically in Imola. We saw some um, uh, Schumacher versus Hamilton, but in very yeah, we saw. Some, but 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 it was very different machinery. It was, that was he was at it the was end of his career. Yeah, it was at the end of his career, like a second go around where he got beaten like a drum by uh, Nico. Did he get paid? By Nico Rosberg. <laughs> Did he get paid? Of course he got paid. So that's why he came back. Uh, he I, came back. Yeah. back. Look, it's the same argument <laughs> as Michael Jordan versus Kobe versus LeBron James. It's, exactly. it's yeah, the same as... I mean, as- we, we, can, we can go on, but uh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton, definitely one of the greatest drivers of all time. Arguably the GOAT. Um, what I'll put and, out, th- but I'm sorry, and he's demolishing these records. I mean, it's in, it's insane. We we were talking about how he has 92 posts compared to Shumi's 68. What I'll, and that's just insane. What I'll put out there is he's beaten Nico Rosberg, his teammate, handily. He's yes. beaten um, Fernando Alonso, his teammate. Yes, he's beat. He barely. He, he tied barely him. He tied beat. Him. He barely. He, he the only reason he won, he beat beat him that season was because he got the most second place. Yeah, but he also got like races. these crazy unlucky DNFs at the but, end of the year. Yeah, no. Listen, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying that it as was a rookie. It was, it was right there, but and, and it was and it was as a rookie. So yeah, I, I I got you there. So let's say for example, he did not you know beat Alonso by a landslide, but he really got into Alonso's head. Do you know that um that that uh that Lewis Hamilton has lost, I believe, three times to a teammate. And they've all been world in champions. In the championship? Yes, in the championship. Well, well, no, I'm just talking about, like, teammate battles within within the season. So, obviously, he lost... Well, he... he, he lost to Rosberg he, in 16. He lost to Rosberg in 16. He lost mm-hmm. to Jensen Button one season. So, that's the other one I was going to say. Yes. He's, he's beaten Jensen yeah. Button. Well, he's beaten Jensen Button, but Jensen, Jensen Button has beaten him also. Yes. And and he was tied with uh, with Alonso. So if you're getting there to beat Lewis Hamilton, this is how good he is. You have to be a world. Got to be world champion yes. material, exactly. and you're not beating him. You know, so so about three ball times. If you want to be Lewis Hamilton, you gotta you gotta drive like a world champion. So, speaking of world champions, Yancy, I will let you take the stage here. <laughs> I I have titled this section Ferrari versus Vettel. <laughs> that is accurate that that is very very accurate so that is very accurate take it away my friend hold on well by the way these graphics that you're showing us this is awesome uh thank you thank you for doing this I'm, engineer uh, engineers i'm giving up my secrets here but uh yes you take it away yeah listen i said i said it uh last week um that as much as Vero will say in the media that him and Ferrari are not at odds. It has clear, it clearly spilled over last race and it clearly spilled over this race. He doesn't feel like they're on his side and you can tell it to the team radio. Um, uh, the one, here's the thing. The one thing I disagree, I, I, I don't think it's all Ferrari's fault. I think at some point you have to, um, 
you have to perform. And we don't know exactly what are the inner workings of how all of this is going going down. But it's it doesn't seem like Vettel is driving inspired and he seems to be blaming everybody around him. And then by you doing that, uh, it seems like Ferrari's over it and they just are not putting him on good strategies during the race and they just don't care. Um, I just don't get why you he obviously didn't qualify in the top 10 so he has a choice of tire at the beginning yes right so he starts on the mediums so we all thought the logical choice would be you know obviously if you want to finish up higher which ferrari has done with leclerc you got to take an alternate strategy a la haas in the first few races right or in i think it was in uh in, in um in hungary um so we thought all right he's on the medium tires so that means that he can go a little bit longer uh and you know put him on an alternate strategy so he can go a little bit longer and then put him on a on a on a faster tire to the end and maybe he can overtake and and get a higher position instead they put him on they pit him around the same time as they put him, I think, the same lap as Leclerc. as Leclerc, yeah. lap twenty nine. They put Leclerc on new mediums, and they put Vettel on used softs, which just doesn't make any sense to me. Why are you going to put him on a tire that cannot go the entire race? Uh, so I or actually he did, but he, he actually pulled it off. <laughs> At the time, they were not planning a one stopper. Just to be clear on that, yeah, yes. that was it. Was one of those things where they wanted to do a two stopper, um, and he actually made it work somehow. But he made it work because he literally had to negotiate with the pit wall, as in like, okay, do I push? Do I not push? I think the radio message was, um. He said, how's, you know, no, no. He was like, what's my pace? He said, what's my pace? They were like, all right, it's okay. And then they come back to him a few laps later and said, you think we can do a one stop? He said, dude, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, oh, oh, here, here it is. Ah, for F's sake, I asked you this before. And I get his frustration because he pushed for 10 laps. So so if he's pushing, that means that the tires are going to, are going to go faster. So he's not saving the tires till the end. And and then he asked his engineers to do some calculations there. Uh, Wells will probably understand this better. <laughs> and then he said, and then he okay. said, all right, you know, they got the calculations back to him. He said, all right, yeah, I think I can do it. But he basically did what Lewis Hamilton did. He made up his own strategy and he went with it. The engineers literally had nothing to do with this. And, you know, at this point, I mean, at that point, you can see that the engineers are not earning their money so, on either Mercedes or Ferrari. So what? My, here's going to be my question. I know it's very, it's leading. Who's at fault, Ferrari or Vettel? Ferrari. And it looks up from the outside and it looks, it looks like it's Ferrari. But listen, when a relationship goes bad, I always say it's, it's on both sides. So you can see that Vettel is just not into it, man. 
and he's just trying to finish off the season. So you don't know who's he. It doesn't. It, it seems like him and Bernardo are not on the same page because they're going back and forth in the media. And when you do that, it's just like you just start burning bridges. So, you know, at some point you got to be professionals about it. I can't tell you who is who, but I'm not going to put all the blame on Ferrari. I mean, on this race. Yes, it's Ferrari's fault. He did ask earlier in the race, like pretty much what's the strategy? What are we doing? You know? Yeah. Obviously, they didn't. So then, they let, you know, let him out to dry. They're like, oh, can you go to the end with this? Like, come on, dude. I just freaking asked you this a couple of laps ago. Yeah. What are we doing? Are we sleeping or something? Mm-hmm. I think the communication is off there. And they just have, you know, they're in a bad relationship right now. Something's <laughs> off, man. Something's off. And, and they'll, they'll, you know, there's a lot of talk of Vettel um, not even finishing the season. I think he will just because, you know, at the end of the day, Vettel is a stand-up guy. He's a very professional person. And he'll drive that car until the end of the season. But, yeah, it's it doesn't look good, man, and 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 it's spilling out on team radio. You know, it, it, the only reason it's not spilling out into the media is because Vettel's holding his tongue. But so I think it's pretty ugly right now. I think it's it's <laughs> where you said that it it when a relationship goes bad, it just goes bad, and I I don't think that I kind of did a little bit of an analysis, and I don't think that it's any one side. I think it's it's just these guys not communicating. So. Uh, well, I'm going to call split one uh, the time mm-hmm. from lap one to lap 12, right? And split two is 12 to 17. 12 to 17 is notable. Here's why. Kavia was all over the back of Vettel, forcing him yes. to go much faster and to use up more tires. And then from there, I'll go from, I guess, 18 to when they pitted to 28. Um, mm-hmm. So in comparing the times for Vettel and Leclerc, we see that Leclerc's times are faster at the start, and then they draw even during that time where Kvyat and Vettel are battling. And then what we see is that all of a sudden, Vettel starts going much slower, which is it, it's kind of in line with where his tires are supposed to be, a little slower, but they're supposed mm-hmm. to last longer. If you compare, mm-hmm. for example, Ricardo and Ocon, they also started on fresh mediums because they did not qualify in the, in the uh, top yes. 10. So, Ocon and Ricardo, their start to their race was slower than where Vettel was. Obviously, you know, the first couple of laps is whatever. In that middle section where Vettel was battling Kvyat, Ricardo was kind of just chilling, doing his thing. Same as, uh, same as Ocon, but where you start to see Ocon go a little faster is towards the end of that where he's battling with Kimi, but he manages to maintain his tires and he slips back into a consistent, a slower time, but he extends the tires. I think that part of the problem there was the engineers at Ferrari should have said, yo, you have life in these tires. You need to figure it out. You need to make these things last because it doesn't look like his times are much different instant one from um, from Ricardo and from Ocon. He is maybe a half second slower over, you know, per lap than uh, Ricardo, but he's still going faster than Ocon, and they both managed to take their their tires out to lap 34. From there, what you see is in lap 48, uh, lap 45, you start to see the talk of the rain in the race. 
And I think that, again, it's just miscommunication. They didn't tell him. Or they may have talked and said, hey, there, there's rain coming. Actually, I think they did. There's rain coming. So then Vettel. They, they said by lap 50. So you could see, and I'm pointing it out to these guys on the on the screen. His lap times just go, they go from 84, 115. I'm sorry, from 124, 115 to 122, 707. So he's going faster and faster. Lap 48, that's where he calls in and he says, hey, what's my pace? And then all of a sudden he starts to slow down when they say to him, uh, we'll get back to you or they don't get back to him. And then they... I think that the problem with Ferrari was they didn't think about it until Mercedes pitted. And then they were like, oh, you know what? Maybe the rain will hold off. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's tell him to, to stay out there on, on those old tires. And then you can see that he starts going much slower, much more of a conservative race. But at that point, the damage is, is done where he could have had a much better race. He pushed He pushed too hard at the beginning of that. Of that, at that well, that they forced him to do that. Yeah, they forced him to do that. They didn't force him. They they, they did not talk. He said, "Yeah, exactly." They said the rain is potentially coming. So if it's me, I'm like, "Yo, I'm gonna go on to Inters, so I'm gonna kill these tires." They gave each other. They gave each other the silence. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe maybe at the pre-race meeting that the team had, they told him, "We will do three stops or two stops." Who who sleeps on the couch? Of course, come on. (laughs) Leno's on his way out. He's uh, his stuff is gonna be packed out, packed up, and left outside the door. <laughs> I think Ferrari was just too busy watching the local news, ca- the, lo- the local the f- weather, weather. They have their instead radar. of watching the radar. Yeah, they were too busy watching the local weather. Come on, we all, we, we all, rain, whatever. But the, we all were hoping that it was gonna rain. Well, that was what was gonna wake up the race. If, some, if it rains, was gonna wake we up. Were all gonna wake up. There you yeah, go. <laughs> no, but like I said, it, I, it's just a mis- miscommunication thing. The first stint, they should have told him, "Yo, you're staying out on these tires." I don't care because he was the one that said, I don't feel good on these tires. I'm, I want to come in. And they they pitted him on lap 29. And then from then on, there was just terrible communication. They didn't really do what they needed to yeah. do. He needed to Ferrari, do six more laps like, like recorded. Ferrari, uh, uh, they they basically created a new uh, a new uh, department for a new performance or something like that. What they need to do is literally blow up that strategy department and start a new case. <laughs> It's I don't know, man. It, you know, but like I said, I mean, the the situation's gotten so ugly with Vettel, um, and it, but it but it goes both it goes both ways. But you know, Ferrari doesn't have that. So, anything else to say on Vettel? I they need to figure something out because he is still a talented driver, and you could tell he is checked into the race. He's there. He's making the calls that he needs to make. I just listen. I. There's no reason for Ferrari to not give Vettel everything that he needs to score points because they need both cars to score points. It means money. Uh, It's just, as usual, Ferrari is very inconsistent with their strategy calls. One race is good, one race is not. Or in some cases, it's good for one driver and it's bad for the other. They need to get their ish ish together. (laughs) But we could say that they probably already settled that we suck this year, so whatever. And he's gone. Yeah, but you still can get money. Yeah. So speaking of the team and the other driver, uh, we talked about Leclerc, how he was doing pretty well on those used softs. Then he hits the curb, spins out, power goes off on the car. 
Yancy, what happened to your boy? <laughs> he hit a curb and the electricity came off. Or he just turned off. Basically, I guess the jolt of hitting him hitting the curb, something went wrong in the on the and the something went wrong with the electrical system. I don't know if a wire unplugged or something. The car turned off, the wheel locked, and he spun. Not his fault, right? Uh, doesn't seem like it. Maybe because he hit the curb. He fell right into my know? trap because. Last week, yeah. you were saying that it was Vettel's fault for hitting a curb and spinning, and <laughs> you fell right into my trap. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't fall right into the trap. It's the truth. That's what happened. So it's, he hit the curb. So it's Leclerc's fault. Not Leclerc's fault when he hits the curb, but it is when Vettel hits the, the curb. Exactly. Well, it is his fault. But, but he didn't destroy the car. The car just <laughs> turned off. Excuse my language. <laughs> Again, uh, if the car doesn't turn off, he'd probably still be driving. But he spun with a seatbelt on. But he spun, yeah. So that's the other thing is <laughs> he took his seatbelt off and did two laps with no penalty yet. Ruben, what do you what do you think of this? What do you think? Has he, he hasn't even gotten a penalty? No, nothing, right? no, that's insane. Dude, all I think about is that Gordon Ramsay mean. Meme where it's like, okay, Charles Leclerc makes a mistake. Oh dear, oh dear, gorgeous. And then Vettel makes a mistake. Oh, you donkey, what are you doing? That's the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. Yeah. I hate defending his points today. I gladly admit. He's prodigy. <laughs> what? Uh, what do, I mean, yeah. it was so unfortunate this happened to him that the car turned off. I mean, this conversation would have gone differently with Yancey. You know, but, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think he was about just just to be when the car, when he saw the car was off, try to get it on. He was he took the seat because he was he thought his race day was done. I don't know where the, the car turns on. You know he got a, a got struck by lightning. You know and it turned on, or he you know he hit the dash. You know when you're when you're driving like an old car and you hit your dash a couple of times to see if the check engine light goes off or something like that or something turns on. That's what he did. He hit the car a couple of times and it turned on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's kind of weird what happened there because it, it basically the car turned off. I don't think. I I think it was just like the jolt of hitting of him hitting the curb, um, and then the car turning off, and then the rear axle locks up, and then that's why he spins. So that's technically not his fault. So um, by the way, Beto's a better spinner. Yeah. So Beto is a better spinner. Oh he, yeah, he does turn off. No, no, Beto doesn't. <laughs> Vettel's yeah, Vettel Vettel's uh, spins look prettier. It's than a pirouette. There you it's go. A pirouette. Yes. <laughs> it's a pirouette. So like, also we could say Leclerc did a better, like Ricardo said last night. No, 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 no. no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. That's it. Leclerc did a better. I don't know. I mean, I thought that this would be a good race for them to get good points. Spot coming up, it's gonna be ugly for them unless they could figure something oh out God. with this. Spa and then Monza, okay. right? Uh, unless they can figure something out with that engine. Well, Leclerc got fourth in, in, uh, in Silverstone, the first You're race. Right. So yeah. You never know. So we'll see what happens. From that race, though, from uh, the Spanish Grand Prix, Racing Point, actually, this was their best ever finish. We were ta- wow. we talked a lot. We talk a lot about these guys all the time because they're just constantly in the news. But we did, we said that we thought that they would do better now that Paris is back to tune that car better than last week, which they were not last week, but two weeks ago, which they were pretty miserable. Um, the It's the same question for every team. Where the heck are they pace wise? 
Is fourth and fifth where they belong? That's exactly where they belong. They do. Um, that's exactly where they belong. They seem to be understanding the car better. Obviously, it's their first year with this iteration of a low rake. Um, and, you know, just this kind of car. This, uh, so they're understanding the car better. They know where it's good, where it's not. Um, now that Paris is back, he can give them, I think, better insight into what's working, what's not working. Uh, but that's where they're at. They're fourth and fifth. They're not a podium contender. Um, you know, as long as Max is driving there, they're not going to be on the podium uh, unless something goes wrong with that Red Bull. But Max seems to be dialed in on that Red Bull. Albon is not, so they're going to be there all the time. They're thereabouts. And that, and again, that car is really hard to drive. The Red Bull is really hard to drive. So, you know, but Max is doing a masterful, masterful job, a testament to how good of a driver he's, he is, um, to handle that car and consistently get into second place and even getting a race win. Uh, but that's where Racing Point is. They're head of the pack in the midfield by far. Uh, I don't see them going any higher. Maybe when you get to higher speed tracks, Monza, Spa, maybe they might, you know, they might challenge for a podium, but that's um, yet to be seen. Hopefully they do. We need another team on the podium. I think that's what Racing, racing Point is waiting for, for one of these top three guys, for something to happen to them. Because every time something happens, in that perspective, and Racing Point is on it, they managed to get into the podium, even before they had the Mercedes engine at this level, you know? So having now, now that they're having this car, they're closer. So any mistakes made by anybody, this guy will be all over, especially Paris. Stroll sucks, really. So, you know? <laughs> he actually, he looked really good at the start. This, you know, he looked really good, and he held his own throughout the race. Racing Point is currently third place in the constructors ahead of Ren, uh, I'm sorry, ahead of McLaren by one point and Ferrari by two points. And this is after losing 15 points due to the whole break duck thing. So that's after the 15 correct. points. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So, well, I mean, they're, they're going to be the, what, the third, fourth best team? Well, what were they in now? They, they're third. third. They're third. Yeah. So that's where they're going to be at. That's where we expected. What I what I'm expecting is for Paris to do the power slide that he did a couple of years back on Spa, but do it with this car to see if he lands on the wall or he's able to recover or not. Remember that that video of Paris coming down and he just drifts the whole pretty much pretty much the whole bottom turn all the way out and he just picks up the car again. So imagine <laughs> doing it doing it in this car. That would be super dope. That's insane. <laughs> yes, sir. So there's them, and then there is the other driver amongst the top teams. Teams is uh, Alex Albon, who I predicted was gonna have a good race. I feel like he, you know, put egg on my face here. He qualified sixth, he finished eighth, but you know, he was doing exactly what I said. He was passing guys on those long sweeping turns. He was very aggressive. It. J- he didn't put egg on your face. He bathed you in egg. <laughs> Isn't that healthy for the skin? You know how you know you know self-care? you know how you you know how when you make uh when you make a breaded chicken that you do like a, you put egg it bath. in flour then you do a egg, an egg bath that's exactly that's you you're the, wow thank you, you Alban so you gave you an I egg don't bath. think he put me on that egg bath it was more so the Red Bull team who pitted him 
first out of anybody onto hards right into traffic and it kind of killed his race from there he was they used them as a guinea yeah. pig yes they keep doing that he i hope they used i them hope as a he doesn't end like Pierre. i don't i don't think so but uh, even martin brundle said on the on the uh broadcast that they don't they weren't pitting max because they wanted to see how alban was doing on the hard tires kind of t- they were looking for an they were looking for an alternative strategy yeah and um you you can't really tell if the strategy will work if you put your driver directly into the traffic. traffic they put him in the first phase of a vaccine <laughs> <laughs> wow yes wow. <laughs> uh very topical <laughs> <laughs> wow so ju- you know just um alexander alban went from sixth to 16th after that pit Jeez. yeah so he was just done it was toast after that he made his way he fought his way to seventh and then from there he pitted again came out in 11th and then made his way to eighth where he finished he's just now considering the strategy it's not bad he needs to get qualifying together. I think that's his biggest issue. If he qualifies higher, he doesn't have to uh, fall prey to to uh, bad strategy calls or anything else. Or he doesn't have to fight through traffic or or just, you know, fight through, through, through Dude, the he field. He qualified sixth. Exactly where, you know, beyond the two, the four Mercedes and Max. He qualified sixth, but you're talking about he should be qualifying ahead of those racing points. Okay. Um, you know, that again, you got to be closer to Max Verstappen. We all want to see him do well, but at some point, you got to do better. You're in the top team. I don't know what's up with it. So, uh, beyond that, there's really not much to talk about. Pierre Gasly remains a beast, uh, consistent, yes, very sir. consistent. Uh, Kvyat actually was very impressive on the back of Vettel for, you know, laps 12 through 17. He was giving him heck. But at the end of the day, the bottom six, the two Williams, the two Haas and the two Alfa Romeo are just going to be there. So it becomes a battle for four through 14. If you take out. If if you watch those three teams just battling, it'll probably be an interesting race. Please. Guys, anything else coming out of uh, the race, Ruben? Was there anything else that kind of jumped out at you? No. In the backfield, there was nothing going on. In the back, back. Nothing. Yeah, there was nothing going on back there. There's nothing happening. Back there. Yes. What do you, you know, you, you want to find it classified exciting? You know, uh, Russell passing Latifi. Like, is that exciting? <laughs> oh, I actually got excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Russell, yeah, he's passing his team. Actually, teammate. let me jump in here before you, Yancey. One thing that yeah. I, again, was excited about was Leclerc versus Lando. These guys were Ooh. separated by, like, millimeters. It was crazy how close they came at such high – I mean, it's Formula One racing, but at such high speeds. I I am very excited for Lando, Max, uh, Charles Leclerc, Ocon, George Russell, just going at it for years to come. It seems to be box office when Leclerc and Lando meet on yeah. the track because it's always good, clean, hard racing. It doesn't matter what position it's for. It's just them 
It's one of them going for an overtake, the other one defending. And it's almost like when you watch an F2 race where you go with these unorthodox, it's not like a DRS uh, overtake. It's just one of these like, all right, I'm going to get you here. I'm going to get you there. Um, or I'm going to defend you here. It's a lot of fun to watch. And again, um, they put on a great show. Thank you, Lando. <laughs> thank you, Triple L. And thank you, Charlie. Dude, he went home and started streaming right after the race. This guy is a machine. <laughs> no, no, obviously the the back and forth thing that they have going on, it, have, it seems to be happening now, like every race, and it's also super clean. They don't make any contact. You know, it's hey, you got me. Okay, let me try to get you back. Okay, let me defend a little bit. Let me, you know, and it's actually like you actually said, super entertaining. And the, yeah. the, what I like the most about it is that it's super clean. These yes, guys are not, exactly. you know, not taking it. Yeah, there's no bad blood. They're, exactly. they're just doing it. They're, they're just doing an awesome job racing. The the other thing coming out of the race that I that, that I just noticed as a trend is the drivers, um, you know, putting in their two cents on strategy and as far as time yeah. is concerned. Um, you had Max obviously going back and forth with his pit wall, which was quite entertaining just hearing the radio. Um <laughs> And, you know, obviously Lewis Hamilton saying, no, I'm going to go on the mediums instead of the softs, which was the right call. Uh, and then you have obviously Vettel, you know, doing the numbers in his head while doing 180 miles an hour and or telling him, well, do these numbers. And then, and then Dude, yeah, that was absurd. This. That was insane. Like Vettel is, Vettel is one of the best at you know, just coming up with strategy calls while driving a car. Um, he's so smart. Uh, so, yeah. It, I don't well, know if it's just because of the. <laughs> well, I've dude, always liked Vettel. It's so <laughs> weird where I'm defending Vettel. And, like, we have to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't know if it's just the engineers are off just because of the whole situation. Uh, but it seems like the drivers are fighting, uh, fighting back the engineers and, and their thoughts as far as what tires they should go on. Because even, I mean, even when Leclerc, when he finished fourth in in the British Grand Prix, he was begging the engineers to say, "No, let's do a one stop. Let's do a one stop." And and ultimately, that was the right call. But now it's like spilling over on the radio. We can hear that. It's interesting to see how this transpires going along. It seems like the drivers want to take things more into their hands um, to finish higher. Sure, and and that shows that. You know, what was, uh, I think Nicky Lauda said that you could put a monkey now in this car so they could race or something like that. What was that he said back then? It shows that the drivers actually do have, you know, skills to drive. You know, like, I yeah. guess, even though the machinery, the machinery has become, as the years progress, more and more sophisticated, but now they're fighting these guys behind the computer saying, no, 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 that's not working. Let's try this. This is what I'm feeling. Pretty much the feeling aspect of the driver is still there. Regardless yeah, it shows of what, you the what, level what of talent. Yes. No, regardless of what a machine, talent, yeah. what a computer is telling you to go, you know, it should go, but also the feeling of the driver is still counts as something. That's why yes. um, I really wish that Nico Rosberg would write a book on what he had to do to beat Lewis Hamilton. I'd be the first in line. Well, that's the, that's the only way both us will beat him if you miss <laughs> that book. <laughs> All right. So that about wraps it up for the Spanish Grand Prix for us. A little bit of news after the race. I guess the major news was um, all the teams have signed the Concord Agreement. Uh, essentially, what that is, is the new deal as to what's going to happen from the end of what is now the 2021 season uh, due to uh, COVID out through 2025. 
Um, for me, that also means that all the teams are committing to being there in 2022, which is a great thing for the sport. Um, yes, he is. Has to stay. Yeah, has to stay. <laughs> yes, is there anything else you want to add into this thing? No, I'm just glad, uh, you know, after it was interesting to see the lead up because all the team bosses were hitting back at each other, and calling each other names. And, and <laughs> the the, like the bickering, the bickering process. Yeah, the bickering <laughs> process. It was funny. It was funny seeing uh, Zach Brown and Omar Safar <laughs> go at each other in the press conference. Um, but I'm glad that they finally signed it. Uh, it. I like the direction that it's going where it's a more of an equal opportunity as far as an equal payout for teams where they have um they can get an uh, equal amount of uh, an equal amount of money comparative to where they finish so they can develop the car and we can get closer racing more exciting racing instead of just seeing a two horse race at the front um and we can see more teams uh you know moving their way up and, and we can get a sort of like a, a situation where we have a, an underdog team that can actually make a big improvement a la racing point and move themselves up the grid. But we can see that more often instead of just having to copy uh, the championship car from last season. So I, I like the direction it's going. I'm glad that all teams um, signed it. So we're going to have all 10 teams and hopefully we can get more teams on the grid and that'll just make for better racing. Yeah, one of the, uh, like Yancy said, it'll create a little more parity. They're introducing a a budget cap, essentially, uh, as part of this agreement. So that will be a fresh take and it'll keep, you know, Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull, they pour the most money into the program. Uh, so hopefully we'll see more competition from the bottom. Uh, any thoughts, Ruben, before we move on? No, no, I mean, if, if what you said, you know, to bunch up the pack is going to be eventually more competitive racing than this old one, you know? Yeah. So moving on from there, the Turkish Grand Prix is, I don't want to say rumored, but it's pretty much set to, it's not official yet, but it's pretty much set to join the 2020 calendar. Um, it's at Istanbul Park. It's a track that has been around uh, previously in F1 history. Um, it has a it, it's a very fast sweeping track so the drivers love it it's a, it's an entertaining track to watch races on um i know yes you, we we were talking about it before the race um but before we get to that i want to say that it looks a little bit like a dinosaur looking at it uh you could see <laughs> it does it does this one does i, I agree with you on that one once. You know, I had to sneak it in. <laughs> yes, it does. Yo, you it know, looks what? like Barney. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say something what else. You say? It looks like E.T. Uh, no. Not at all, man. Oh, no. Yeah, the no, top no, of look, E.T.'s head is no. the top. You know, the little no. arms. <laughs> it, 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 looks, it looks like a toy but in, dinosaur. In the tradition yeah, of my yeah. uh, race uh, racetrack descriptions, it looks like uh, a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you on that one. I give you, you that one. You, you nailed it, <laughs> bro. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> You nailed it. It's better than the cat at Barcelona. Yes, yeah, so you were talking. <laughs> you were talking previously that it looks like. Uh, well, before we started recording, that it looks like parts of another track. Uh, what were you saying to us then? Well, um, the person who uh, Herman Tilka, um, Herman Tilka, uh, which is the F one uh, 
I guess what track planner. Track I don't guru. know. What he, I don't know what it's. Yeah, he 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 basically plans these tracks out. So um, the turn that all the drivers and all F1 fans uh, love, and I've never obviously I've never seen a race on a newer F1 fan, is turn eight, which is very similar to turns I think it's 15, 16, and 17 at uh, Circuit of the Americas and turns 2, 3, and 4 at Sochi. So basically what Herman Tilke does since everybody loved this turn is that he transplanted these elements of this turn into other tracks that were built afterwards. But they've never been able to duplicate how great it is in turkey because it's literally it's almost like a what a triple apex turn that is the cars go flat out in but leading up to it is just like a you know big sweeping right turn and then just coming out of that uh, turn seven going into turn eight they just hit the pedal and they just go into it flat out and it's uh i've seen the videos and it looks like it's it's insane so that's what has a lot of you know uh a lot of fans really happy that this track uh you know along with obviously uh older tracks uh historic tracks like imola uh coming back onto the calendar at least for this year we get to see turkey again which was one of the tracks that a lot of f1's fans clamored to have back on the calendar yeah it i in terms of its speed it's uh it's almost like a little, not a little, a big uh, Austria in that it's just, it's got a couple of turns where you slow down and it's just, I want to, I want to say yeah, to the wall from there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because, because you don't have, you don't have heavy braking zones. So it's just maybe you're taking the foot off the, off the pedal or you have, you know, small braking zone where you're still keeping the speed in the car. So it looks like it's a fun track. Can't, Can't wait to have this in the game. Yeah, yeah i hope it's i hope it is confirmed it looks like a fun track to, nobody's to see more race. pissed off about this year and the different tracks than codemasters <laughs> <laughs> um lastly for us is um the paris blue flag penalty thing um and you know when when i was watching it i said there's no way this is this <clears throat> this is warranted because he you know, where was he going to turn off in sector three in Spain is very tight. And then, you know, Lewis Hamilton was ahead by like at the time, 13 seconds. So what was he, you know, was it really that bad of a thing? But, you know, he got his penalty. Um, he responded to it kind of saying what I was thinking in that he could he he ignored apparently 12 blue flags, I think. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're. And you get a and, and you do get a, a little blue light on the screen and, and you, on your steering wheel too on your steering wheel too. Know. So uh, it it seems like you know if it's like one or two, all right, but it's twelve of them. And he's he I think he, he on the radio on his radio he said, you "Guys, you should have told me," meaning that his team should have told them. But you kind of got to know what the hell's going on at the same time. You know? So, so if you ignore it twelve times, I mean, that sounds legit to me. me. Here's my problem, continued problem with the FIA, the stewards, et cetera. Right away, they give them that penalty, right? There should be a penalty on the books for driving without your seatbelt. 
right? Shouldn't we have known right away, okay, this is the penalty Leclerc's going to get on it, on the next race? We should know that right away. It's just, I feel like it's yeah. uneven. It, sometimes it feels like, you know, they just pull it out of their butt. Here, okay, I get it. Blue, pe- blue flag penalties, you know, whatever, five seconds. It didn't affect them that much, except he flipped with Stroll. It's whatever. It's his own teammate. Well, so yeah. You think that they're still going to come down on Dude, They on have to. That's unsafe driving. Well, they're going to announce it on Thursday before the race. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, they should have announced it already. I mean, that's. It should be a grid penalty. I think so. Yeah, he, sh- he should get a. He goes back a penalty to or a fine or something. That's pretty. That's he goes back. Like you're going this. around a track to a, you know around a track at 150 miles an hour for two laps. Yeah, without seatbelts. That's pretty. He goes dangerous. back to these penalties that we keep saying that take too long to announce. Like, just announce the thing. They make a decision. Like, come on, guys. You know, it's, I don't know. It's like sometimes they go nowhere, and then oh, F one. Yeah, F one politics, man. But you know, it's kind of what makes it interesting. So, do you really want it to go away? Dude, no, no, that aspect of it. I'm talking about. Come on, just announce the thing. If you're going to penalize the penalty, not just, you know, note it. Just write note it. <laughs> Something. No, but that's the whole that's the whole thing that they write note it and then it takes forever to make the decision. We just want to know the decision. See what's going to happen. I don't even think it was even noted in the race. It was said. No, he, I, n- nobody knew. Exactly. It was like nobody knew until they heard the team radio after the race. I, it's, look. I mean, and shortly after that, he yeah. was retired. So, wasn't so to me, if, if it's... Either of the three of us, it's click it or ticket, right? So I would have to imagine he's got to get some type of ticket. Yes. If I if I get penalized and I have to pay a fine, you should too, Leclerc. <laughs> there you go. All right, Charlie. <laughs> People, that about wraps it up for us. Before we go, I want to make sure to mention to follow us on at the at jump the start F one on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we are active on YouTube, Jump to Start Racing Podcast. Obviously, follow us on any podcast platform. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. I think there's another one. Spotify. iHeart. Yeah. Well, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, you can send us an email at jumptostartracing to, jump to at gmail.com. Guys, we're active on social. Make sure to follow us. Um, any closing thoughts, Ruben? Uh, Spy's going to be interesting with the Paris and, and, and Beto thing coming down. It's catching even more and more traction. I heard around there, I, re- I read that there's an offer, formal offer for Beto, $15 million a year. Wow. And Paris backers are blocking it. Wow. Ooh. Yes, sir. Ooh. Yes, sir. To be continued. Yep. I want to see if Racing Point can actually, now that they're understanding their car better, to see if they can actually sneak up. They're gonna, the dude. They're gone. They have to. It's a matter of time. Especially in spot yeah. a power track. But we will talk about the race preview and the news in an episode next week. Gentlemen, uh, I'll catch you later. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>